Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to The Art of Kindness, where we have compassionate conversations with artists from all areas of the entertainment industry who are using their voice to spread joy and make this big spinning planet in the sky a better place to be. I'm Robert Peter Paul, and I'm so glad you're here. are red, violets are blue. I'm so happy to be back here with you! Welcome to a very, very special episode of The Art of Kindness, the A-OK. Happy Valentine's Day! I hope you're all feeling the love. I certainly am for you. Thanks for all of the love on our season two premiere. I'm endlessly grateful for each and every one of you. I gotta give a shout out, as always, to my forever Valentine, my fiance, Cassie. We're actually in a show together right now, which is probably why my voice sounds a little hoarse, because we're singing. It's a brand new musical version of Rapunzel at the Downtown Cabaret Theater here in Connecticut. Cassie is playing Rapunzel, and I'm so proud of her. I get to play a dorky little guy, typecasting, am I right? Who goes to rescue her from her tower, and spoiler alert, we fall in love! I'm so grateful to be in this show with her and so many of our amazing friends, Our buddy Ashley is directing it and did such a wonderful job. Definitely come see us if you get a chance. It's fun for the entire family. There's jokes for the adults as well as the kids. And we're playing through March 20th, so march on down! In honor of Valentine's Day, we have one of the stars of the new Amazon Prime series, With Love, Constance Marie. Constance pop-locked and dropped into her career as a teenager in the Los Angeles underground breakdancing scene. Everything changed when she was selected out of a group of 500 hopefuls to dance on tour with David Bowie. Upon returning to Los Angeles, she was cast as a dancer in the movie Salsa, choreographed by Kenny Ortega. From there, Constance's career took off, and though she touches on experiencing some dry spells in our chat, her resume shines bright with a ton of wonderful projects. Constance won praise for her portrayal of Tejano music legend Marcella in the blockbuster film Selena opposite Jennifer Lopez, of course. Many also know her as Angie Lopez in the beloved long-running ABC sitcom George Lopez. 
I loved that show. She can currently be seen in Amazon Prime's With Love, which is such a warm and sparkling series and one you should all definitely watch. In addition to acting, Constance gives back in countless ways. She advocates for PETA, Planned Parenthood, and equal pay for women. She's also the spokesperson for the East Los Angeles Women's Center. After our discussion, be sure to stay tuned for your kindness tip of the week with me. In honor of Valentine's Day, it would also mean the world if you took a moment to send us some love with a five-star rating <laughs> or on social media at Art of Kindness Pod and at Rob Peterball. Now, without further ado, please welcome the kind Constance Marie. So I won't make you sit here while I read your bio, which would take me years to read anyway, because you've accomplished so much and it's so glowing. And I'll I'll do that after because I don't I don't like to make people sit there and you know use the valuable time we have. Well, it's funny. It's there's the whole um, I don't know. My daughter's my TikTok manager. Oh, okay. The whole trend now of putting all the things that you've done to this yeah. song, and I just did it, and I thought, wow, I have too much stuff the song is too short and then it'll be too fast and so it feels like this year for some reason people are I don't know kind of aware of my whole career yeah isn't that funny how that happens yeah like you know it only took 33 years for you know but I appreciate it <laughs> better late than never <laughs> well people were growing and growing and becoming more aware of you and it's really that persistence that I think is key and mm. holding with it and mm -hmm. one of the things I really admire about you, since it's Valentine's Day, the day of love, I just want to say that I love that you use your powerhouse career for a greater cause, mm -hmm. and you start such important conversations, and you're changing the world with everything that you do. And I think it's really special when an artist can not only accomplish success in this crazy industry, but have that through line. I bow down to you because you help so many different communities, of course, the Latinx community, but you are a part of so many wonderful causes and you champion women. And I just think you're such a special person. So thank <laughs> you for being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, well, that was a great segue into my first question that I love asking people because you actually handled it like a pro, which I'm not surprised about. How are you at receiving compliments? Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a joke that I say that um, is 100% true is my therapist says, just say thank you. Um, it's a little difficult. You know, I've been working on this for quite a while as I used to argue with people mm -hmm. when they would try to give me compliments, I would say, oh, I'm not that great or oh, this happened or it was, you know, I was lucky and blah, blah, blah. And I, I literally would argue with people. And then <laughs> somebody just said, just say thank you. You know, it's, it's okay to take it in. and. I've gotten better at it over these years. So um, it was a struggle at first, but now I, I can take it in. And sometimes I'll take it in, you know, like fake take it in, like do my best to just, you know, uh, be polite. And then later on in retrospect, I'll think about it and go, wow, that was, that was really nice. You know, in a private moment by myself, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, it's so weird because for some reason we're all conditioned not to accept these things, whether it's because we feel like it'll make us seem like we're not humble or right. we're nervous because we can't pay the other person a compliment back because we don't know them. There's so right. many factors. Right. And at the end of the day, 
Life is about love, which your show is about, which I totally want to get into, of course. And today, Valentine's Day is about love. And so giving compliments and receiving that love should be something that we normalize and accept, not just in the private moment. So I like that you handled it really well. well it's interesting because I'm a mom. Yeah. And so all the things that I've worked on for myself and awareness that I've had for myself, I'm trying to you know, have my daughter bypass some of those hurdles so she can save a decade or two, you know, yeah. like pass the lesson on to her. And it's interesting is I see her have a little bit of her power, you know, she's 13 and to grow up knowing that women can have power, women don't have to make themselves small to not be threatening. Um, it, it's, it's, she's got little baby steps of that already. And that makes me so happy. And Whenever I'm driving around in the car with her and her girlfriend, sometimes unprovoked by me, they will um, roll down the windows and start giving people compliments. Oh, Just I love that. it out in traffic. And I love your hair and you and your dog look so cute. And I, it make, and it always makes people smile. Yeah. And I just love that they spontaneously know that this is an important thing to do for, for human to human contact. And somebody may really need that mm. at that moment, you know? So yeah. I think it's my daughter is actually teaching me as I'm trying to teach her. Wow. That's so cool. Are they the drive-by kindness people? Have you seen those videos? Is that that? I, ha I have seen those, <laughs> but um, my daughter and her friends were, have been doing this since I think third grade wow. because, you know, they got over their shyness by third grade. That's so cool. You, know. you sound like a wonderful mother and <laughs> you're really instilling such wonderful things into your daughter. Do you think that helps reinstill it with you? Because if you're talking the talk, you got to walk the walk and maybe you're leaving those conversations going, oh, wait, I just told her to do this. But meanwhile, I was just doing this. Yes. It's, she teaches me all the time. And, and, you know, every, every, I, I believe that every mom or parent tries to learn from their, the mistakes of their childhood and try to rectify them for the next generation. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. I, I, I listened to an amazing thing. Um, it's called the gift of imperfect parenting and it's by Brene Brown. Love her. And love her. And, uh, it was a, a the concept of guilt versus shame. Like guilt can be a good educational tool. Shame is not. And uh, so part of the gift of imperfect parenting is letting your child know that you are not perfect and they don't have to be perfect. Mm. And when I hear myself say something to her that I almost am exactly at that moment scolding her for, I have a moment to just go, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I I'm sorry I just did that. That's that's kind of hypocritical. So um, I'm going to stop doing that. And I would prefer that you don't do that as well. So let's just kind of learn from this and move on. That's incredible. A lot of people can't do that. I know. And, and, and it's so interesting. I never could, you know, before I had children and before I started doing all this reading and more therapy. And, and it, it's weird as it used to cost me so much to be able to do that in the moment, you know, catch myself. But I think if you heal some of the shame that you have, you realize it's, it doesn't cost anything. It's, there's no big cataclysmic thing. It doesn't make, like I have to heal my own shame to not project it onto my child. So mm. I made a mistake. I am not a mistake. Mm. That's powerful. The big difference, my behavior is a mistake. And so I've tried to teach her that there are no good girls and bad girls. It's just girls who make mistakes. Yeah. 
Oh, that's beautiful. And you know what it makes me think of too, from an acting standpoint, when you're creating characters, that's the core of a character is looking at their childhood and whether where they are now, they're repeating the patterns from their childhood and, and those yeah. mistakes, or they're trying to fix them, like you said, and learn from them. Sounds like you're in an everyday acting class in a weird way. <laughs> you, um, I don't know, is it Plato or Socrates that be kind to mm -hmm. someone else because you don't know what they're dealing with. Yeah. And if you look at a character like, or somebody, you know, that is doing these horrible things, they were once a baby and a child and horrific things happened to them to mold them into this acting in such a horrible way, projecting their hate, projecting their shame, projecting all this stuff. And if you can understanding human to human, what creates that kind of horrible action? Yeah. And, and if you look at that, you're like, well, we can, we can heal things. We can, we can address those things in people as humans and stop them before they get, you know, out of control. percent. Otherwise it's just a caricature and nobody's going to learn from that. And right. no one's right. going to be interested in watching that also, right. you know, as we touch on kindness and before we really dive in, I think the key to unlocking this door to get a little cheesy is just to learn what is your definition of kindness? Oh, wow. Um, it is so funny. The first thing that comes to my head is I'm not an overly religious person, mm -hmm. but there is one thing my, a friend of mine once pointed out. He said that in the world would be such a much better place if we could treat other people how we want to be treated. And I think that's in the Bible. Yeah. Um, which is just if so many things could be addressed and healed if we just all did that. Yeah. You know, and I try to teach my daughter that it's like, do you want somebody to treat you with that same kind of behavior that you're demonstrating right now? And she'll go, no. And I'm like, so then why are you doing it? And she'll go, I don't know. <laughs> I'll go, okay, maybe check in with yourself and think about it, you know? Yeah, because it does start within yourself. You can't right. be kind to other people. You can't give from an empty cup if you're not kind to yourself and right. coming from that place. Self-awareness is key. Mm. And especially as an actor, you, you, if you don't have access to your full instrument, your laughter, your tears, your depth, then you can't give that kind of performance. Mm. Unless your dysfunction is that you can pretend that so well. <laughs> that's not me. I yeah, I mean, that. no, I mean, maybe that could win you an Oscar, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work for everybody. Right, right. There are people that can do that, but sadly, sometimes yeah. their dysfunction is what cuts their life short or they don't have a well-rounded family life or, mm. um, or, or close intimate connections. Um, so to me, the price of success, if it's my life and the quality of my life, then it's too high a price to pay. I'm not willing to do that. Mm. That's very smart. That's very healthy as well. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> and so you said that for you, acting is a very full body experience. It's mm. using your full body as your instrument. I find with a lot of the performers I know, people tend to know that when they started as dancers mm -hmm. and you started out as a, a dancer and you have so many cool stories that I wish I had time to just have you retell, even though I've, I've listened to a bunch of them when doing research. But when looking at the beginning of your career and you started out on the street dancing as a break dancer. Specifically a locker popper. A locker popper. What, what was your, your name was Speedy, right? Was that yeah. your? <laughs> yes, it was. Okay, there we go. That's good research. <laughs> so do any acts of kindness stand out to you from that time when you first kind of entered the arts 
that you received from people, maybe even strangers that you think changed the course of your journey? I know there was probably a lot, but any that come to mind? Oh, gosh. You know, people recognizing that my talent was very raw, but it was still there and Mm. taking a risk on me. Uh, Two people come to mind. Tony Basil is the first one. And the second one is Kenny Ortega. Mm. And Tony Basil was genius at spotting um, like just rough talent. And, uh, you know, literally in nightclubs, like just going out and seeing people because there was no hip hop classes back then, you know, we just learned it battling and going to underground clubs and just whatever you could create because, you know, I didn't have money for dance, proper dance classes or any of that. So um, I, I, I was hungry for movement and for, I'm, my father was a DJ. So I grew up with music always my whole life. And Tony Basil, I was not that um, high in the hierarchy of all the street dancers, but Tony Basil saw that I had a specific kind of, you know, groove and she plucked me and a whole bunch of other dancers to audition for um, David Bowie, the Glass Spider tour Mm. in 1987 and put us through the most intense um, audition process that you, wouldn't, you couldn't just dance. You also had to act out these characters. And I actually just saw a video of it. Um, an old dancer that I, that I started with back in the day, her name is Flame. And she posted it. I found it on YouTube because my kid can find anything about me. On <laughs> I don't even know that this stuff exists, but she, oh, wow. she showed me like what you Google and how to do it. And um, there's all of us, and I don't even remember all the dancers, but we're dressed in this aristocracy um, Uh, uniform. We have, you know, netted hats and these form-fitting gowns. And I don't even remember where we got these gowns from, but we all have to act out this uh, very simple, elegant choreography. And we're just walking around in circles. And for a 21-year-old dancer, you're like, what what am I doing? You know, (laughs) this is not how I dance. This is not how I move, but the ability to go there. And, you know, we would have to like grab a pillow and a a blanket and fall asleep on the side of a wall. You know, just just to get your brain to go, oh, I'm just going to fall asleep on the side of a wall and make it look natural. She just wanted to see how much creativity she could pull out of us. And so the opportunity to do that in a non-traditional sense, you know, you know, adapt and she's cool with it. So she was amazing. Um, You know, I ended up getting that tour and touring with David and Peter Frampton for a year. And that completely changed my life. And meeting Princess Diana and almost numbing her whole face. (laughs) (laughs) Princess Diana and Bono and, um, you know, just all these amazing, amazing talents. Uh, Duran Duran. So Um, cool. Yeah, it just really, really opened up my life. And um, the second one was Kenny Ortega who I was auditioning for a movie called Salsa and I didn't know how to salsa dance. And I, I was just kind of like, okay, well, I have to pay my rent and I'm, I'm good at picking things up quickly. Let me just go. I mean, what's the worst that can happen is I don't get it. I already <laughs> don't have it now. So yeah, so it's just an afternoon. That's such a great philosophy. Wow. Sorry. Everybody rewind that. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't have it now. Exactly. Sorry, I, mean, I love like, that. No skin off my nose. Yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll just do my best. That's all I could do. So I went and I found a dancer who was willing to teach me how to salsa kind of off on the sidelines while, while group A and B and C were going. And I picked it up really quickly. 
And then when it came my time, he was like, well, let's partner together. And I said, okay, fine. So um, I did my best, but Kenny Ortega could see that I wasn't a hundred percent. I wasn't a salsa dancer. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he was walking around everybody and looking at everybody. And then he um, came close to us and he just looked at us and he went, I want to see you solo now. And then we broke apart. And then I just started doing my own thing, which was just winging it yeah. and whatever organically happened to me during that music. And um, he ended up casting me in that movie Salsa. And I danced and I learned salsa. I, sadly, I don't think my partner got it, but oh. I did. Yeah. And then, um, you know what I mean? He took a chance and then he took a chance again when they were doing a TV series called Dirty Dancing mm. um, for CBS. And he, unbeknownst to me, introduced me to the executive producer while we're in the middle of a rehearsal. And he said, I just want to introduce you to this person, Steve Tisch. And um, he said, you know, and I chatted with him for five seconds and the kid and then his child, the kid, yeah. his child. <laughs> and then um, I went back to dance. He's like, okay, oh yeah, you got to go back. And that was him telling Steve Tisch, I would like this dancer who's not an actress to read for the female lead uh, dancer role in the TV series, Dirty Dancing. And Steve Tisch was like, sure, let's, let's give her a chance. You know, she has a good quality about her. I mean, what was like a little angel, wow. you know, recognizing, you know, talent in the raw maybe. And I auditioned again, I was terrified because I failed <laughs> uh, drama in high school because I was too shy. <laughs> oh yeah um and it was horrible at memorization as well um, That's, that is so I mean, funny not i mean it's not funny but it's funny that you failed drama yeah i was i was paralyzed with shyness and fear dancing and getting used to performing in front of massive quantities of people and creating characters even without words was kind of my gateway into it and also i still had to pay my rent <laughs> yeah the opportunity came, I was going to show up no matter how afraid I was. And I ended up getting it. So that was my very first um, theatrical acting job. That's incredible. Yeah. Cynthia Rhodes part and the, you know, Dirty Dancing, I played uh, the dance partner of the lead actor. You know, especially in looking at it from today's standpoint where, well, I guess there's different schools of thought, but Sometimes even just to get in the room and get an audition, they want to know how many Instagram followers you have. They want to know your background in this now. And just to hear about those people that really take a chance on raw talent, you know, I mean, it was obviously a different time, but it pays off, you know? It does does happen. Yeah. And and that's what people always say to me, like, you know, do you have any um, helpful hints or words of advice that you can give to um, young aspiring actors? And I always say, you have to be better than you ever thought that you could, meaning you have to work super hard, even if there's no opportunity there, because luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Mm -hmm. And if the opportunity comes and you are not willing and ready to go for it, your window is closed. Mm -hmm. And there have been several times like the David Bowie tour. I just, I didn't know that I wasn't qualified, but I was willing to do the best, bring the best of me that I could at that moment. Was it the best of everybody? No. I mean, you can't compare those two things. You're unique. And so I just would show up. Same thing for Dirty Dancing. I I was not qualified, but I worked as much as I possibly knew how. Yeah. It's such an important lesson. And there was recently a wonderful casting director who 
took us through this exercise in this class I took about how to bring your best. And it was just a sensory exercise of going through your mind and picking out the best day of your life that stands out mm -hmm. to you. What's the yeah. best day of your life? And going through and kind of breaking that down and then bringing that energy into every room you walk into. Right. Because sometimes hearing, you know, be the best can sound scary, but it's really yeah. just coming from a place of not standing in your own way. And like you said, having that preparation done. Right. Which you've done so much because you've just booked it, booked it, booked it. No, 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 no. Not always. I, I went through several dry spells mm. um, and back to your best thing. Yeah. It's not somebody else's best. It's yeah. your best. The best you can do oftentimes is enough. Yeah. But if you, what is it? Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. You can't, because you're only comparing somebody's outsides to your insides. So that is an exercise in futility in like everything. Yeah, And so it's just your best. It's the best day, you know, like you said, whatever your hard work and your best is, that's all you can do. And nobody can ask any more of that. So just show up with that. I agree. Just show up. Because if you compare, you wind up in despair, which is hard in this Instagram world, you know? Oh, that, you know what? That's, that's a good one. If you compare, you wind up in despair. You know what, Constance? I think I stole it from Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a Pinterest quote, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know what? They stole it from somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> they stole it from you know, me. Yeah, let's go. All the that. way back to the Greeks. Nobody really invented anything since then. Yeah, you're so right. What is it? Imitation is the best compliment? Is the highest form of flattery. There you go. See, you know the eloquent way to say it. When I think of you, one of the highlights that stands out to me, and I just want to pick your brain on it really quickly, is Selena, obviously. And I know you auditioned originally to play Selena. And then, of course, you booked the role of her mother alongside Jennifer Lopez. You worked with the Quintanilla family so closely during that time, which was right after they lost Selena. Right. To be around a family that was grieving and kind of mm -hmm. putting that into a piece of art and being mm -hmm. vulnerable, which mm -hmm. I think is a huge reason why the movie is still so iconic today. That is probably something so rare to witness. And I would just love to know what stands out in your mind from that time? The Quintanilla family, um, they were very, very hands-on because it was still within the first year. It was like towards the end of the first year um, after she had passed. And um, I think the reason that they tried to do it so quickly was because they wanted to make sure that the, their, their daughter's story, as they know it, was out there before all the scandal ones and the ones of people just guesstimating and from hearing it from friends of friends and coming up with this, they were like, no, we're going to protect her legacy and we are going to do the first one. And in doing that, they had to push themselves through so much of their own grief really quickly and deal with it, you know, directly as we were getting to know them. And, um, the the hardest part was we were playing you know them so each actor had to meet with their counterpart mm -hmm. and everybody else got to meet with their counterpart but for me um it took a very i was the last person to get to meet with marcella um selena's mom and it was because it was just too devastating for her for a very long time oh yeah and ultimately she knew that you know i couldn't do this without improperly i mean i could but it wouldn't be with as much compassion as if I actually met her and got to see her firsthand. And um, we had two dinners, two, two meetings. The first one, 
it was particularly devastating. You know, I was trying to be as sensitive. I wasn't a mother at the time and I was trying to be as, as, as compassionate as possible and just watch her talk, watch her energy, watch her mannerisms and listen to her stories. And over the initial awkwardness, um, she would get caught up in telling all these wonderful stories about her daughter and there would be a happiness and a lightness to her. And then she would realize mid sentence that her daughter had passed. And then she would just be devastated, you know, in front of me. And mm -hmm. we would just kind of try to navigate that together. And it was very heavy and she would pull herself together. And then, you know, we'd keep going because, you know, I need, I needed to know, you know, some of her life. And, um, but she was, simultaneously so incredibly strong and incredibly vulnerable at the same time. And towards the end of our, um, you know, at least the initial meetings, beginning of production, you know, she would give a lock of her hair. So my wigs would be exactly her color mm -hmm. and um, her eyebrow pencil. She would, you know, this is my color. This is what I use. She was very hands-on and it was just so great. Um, to know that they embraced us, that we were all in this together to share her daughter's dream. And, you know, Selena's dream was to sing in English, her native tongue. <laughs> and yeah. she couldn't do that, you know, in the very beginning, but this was the manifestation of that and kind of getting, we, we all helped Selena achieve, achieve her, her dream mm. um, and protect her legacy and share it all. And it was, a giant roller coaster um, mm. for all of us, you know, and each family member would have a, a rough time on a different day um, or a correction for us. Um, uh, and then, you know, we had to shoot the scene that nobody wanted to shoot, which was when she, you know, was in the hospital, made it to the hospital. And that day was, you know, incredibly hard. And, um, no, you know, there was like, are we doing this? Are we not? Are we doing this or not? We don't need this in the movie. We don't, I mean, it was just, mm. you know, very um, dramatic, just even if we were going to film it. And then we were like, okay, let's keep it simple. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do it in one take. We're going to just, everybody go for it. Um, and we just, just, you know, you do the scene and we're going to have a steady cam moving through everything. And we're just going to make absolutely sure we see everybody and everything. And it mm. was just the longest, most horribly emotional drenched, drenching, you know, um, mm. filming. And when it was over, we were so thankful that we didn't have yeah. to do it again. Oh, can't imagine. You know, it, it stands out to me, too, not only because it's iconic, but because for me, vulnerability is strength and it is at the core of kindness. I think being your vulnerable, authentic self, not just walking around smiling and being a ball of sunshine all the time, right. but being authentic to yourself is kindness and, and letting others see who you are. True. And so to work on such a beautiful story with the family as they're in that state, I just think that's that's something that I'm really glad to learn more about and I'm happy you shared that with me. But of course, it's Valentine's Day and I, I wanna move on to something a little lighter and okay. talk about your current project as we flash way forward in your career. <laughs> 25 years forward. Yeah, go over your accomplishments. Yeah. You know, I, I wish I could pick your brain all day, but I cannot, oh, no unfortunately. Worries. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the Amazon series With Love is such a beautiful and cozy show. I really love it. And I think what I admire most, and it didn't hit me even until after I'd watched maybe the first two episodes, mm. it's just the representation on the show, you know, the Latinx family in a, a different light. It's, it's like a upper middle class family, which, you know, I feel like we haven't seen in a romantic comedy. On top of that, there's LGBTQ characters, there's white people. I mean, there's everybody under the sun breathing together in this beautiful story. And it's just woven in so wonderfully because these people are people. Yes. They're not in tragedy. They're not in these tropes or anything like that. And so, you know, that's just a layer and it's such a beautiful story. <laughs> but as you embarked in this series, I was wondering, did you all have open discussions about representation and how you wanted each character to be seen? You know, with Gloria, you had, had such wonderful story to work with, but. Right. Well, you know, it's, first of all, I love that you love with love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And I love that you love that I love with love. Yes, it's just, um, it's interesting is because I've been doing this so long and I've lived, my, my family has been American since before America was America. And it was really refreshing. And I'm really blessed to be able to do this a couple of times where we just got to be, and we mm. didn't have all the stereotypical things that um, executives or studios or projects feel like you need to bring with you and make you super, super, super ethnic to do the, to portray a, a modern time Latinx person. It's like, um, and we're in a rom-com. It just was, this was based on Gloria's family. Hmm. So the fact that it's so new and refreshing, and it's like, guys, we just never get to make it to the screen without dragging these <sighs> Um, cliches along with us because yeah. that's what studios and execs thinks Latin people want to see. It's like, mm -hmm. gosh, if, it, if it's too much that it alienates even me, then mm -hmm. you're not doing a great job. Yeah. And that's one of the great things like George Lopez, it was based on George's life. So good. Yeah. We got away with a lot of, you know, things that people were like, well, is it, it doesn't look like a Latin person's kitchen. Well, really? What does it look? This looks like George's <laughs> kitchen. So what are you going to say? It was based on his life. So the cliches didn't have to follow. Same with Gloria. Gloria's yeah. from Portland. She's an upper middle class person. She's got trans gay people in her family. It's like, this is not the, it was not um, created to be ideal. It's just showing us as we actually are yeah. instead of putting all that, what I used to call acting with a burrito around my neck. Mm, wow. Yeah. Please, seriously, can I just be, 
Um, and this is what we did. And I was just so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, have you seen our house? It's fabulous. It's not it in the barrio. And it's, it, you see my shoes? I'm wearing Jimmy Choo's. Like, you know, it's just, and, and, and the, the, the diversity in the, in the characters, like mm. often your trans characters will have trauma or it's, they're a victim and they need to be rescued. It's like, no, no, no. There's also some that are lovingly embraced by their family. Yeah. You know, that let's show that part. Let's show the upper middle-class part of us. And we do deal with some topics that are a little, you know, that might bump people or become like a whole other episode mm. in, in some other show. But it's really about at the core of with love, it's treating every character, every human with dignity and love and respect for their point of view. So that's and it's it's the ultimate kindness. If you treat others how you want to be treated, this, everyone mm -hmm. in this family, like my favorite scene is when <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I got to see how this is going to play um, was when um, my son's character. Uh, explains bisexuality to generations. Oh, that's, I was cracking up. My fiance's like, what are you watching? I'm like, <laughs> you should be watching it with me. Stop doing work. But um, because, you know, it's something that on another show would be like a trauma or it's always in, in a negative light. Whereas if you really love your family member and you strip away all the BS that's put on by other people, you go, oh, I'm actually learning something and I still love you. Mm. And okay, let's have our holiday dinner now. And the best is Pepe Serna, which I had to bite the inside of my cheek all the time. <sighs> like when he says, clowns are the clown. Yes. And then, then, no, the best part is makes sense. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? But you know, it's just a little, they're all willing to listen and respect everybody's choices and points of view and, and mm. raw humanity and who they are with respect. And even, and even in that, you know, there's things that are unsaid and, and things that were hidden. Like for my character, I think a lot of American women or a lot of women, wherever are going to be able to relate to that because first of all, you never see love in the fifties. Like that's mm. not anywhere on TV. Mm. Um, it's rare. We've got sex in the city, but then, you know, that that disappeared so because the 50 year old sexy attractive lovelorn or aspiring for love woman disappeared for 10 years and yeah died. yeah um, or it's like over sensationalized you know you don't right. see such a down-to-earth portrayal right and like a real relationship that's been together for 35 years you mm. you you um find your significant other you have your kids you have your work and then what who maintains the relationship after you've been there for 30 years. And sometimes the loneliest place is in your relationship. If you kind of get into a rut and you don't give it the emotional nurturing or communication that it deserves. So I think a lot of women are going to be able to relate to like, Oh yeah. Wow. We're on autopilot and neither of us feels love and we have totally separate different lives. How do we get back to that? Hmm. You know, And Latinos in therapy never saw that before. <laughs> It's genius. Yes. Well, that's why we watched Encanto and I love just they, they break down the family trauma in such a beautiful, familial way. Yes, we will talk about Bruno. Yes. Oh, <laughs> climbing the charts. Let's lay that track down. I know. It's on. Apparently, my daughter tells me it's everywhere on TikTok. It is. Yeah. It is. It's a trend. It beat Let It Go. I mean, it's. Yeah. Well, Lin-Manuel Miranda actually wrote our Christmas song. Gloria. Oh, really? Got him to to write a song for us. 
Wow, that must have been really special. Yes, and Gloria Stefan's daughter sings it. That's iconic. I know. First of all, Glow is, you want her on your side. You mm. know what I mean? She's really just this wonderful human who wants to see change for our Latinx community in her lifetime. Yes. It's on par with what I've been trying to do to represent, you know, to, to, to play characters as we are instead mm. of this always seen as the other, you know, mm -hmm. or the, 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 the person that's not part of this wonderful melting pot. It's like, damn, we've been here so long. Yeah. We're already melted. Can we just show <laughs> the versions of us that are melted already? And honestly, I mean, speaking your truth can be very hard, but in that regard, just being authentic and portraying people as they are, it's, mm. it's easy. You, you just write down what it is. You don't have yeah. to add in all this extra uh, burrito on the neck, as, as you right, said right. before. I just love it because I asked the question because I want people to see that it's, it's just there. It's not something mm. that you're all We're not concocting. making it up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's, it's just, you know, like I used to watch Friends. Yes. And I Great thought show. to myself, first of all, I love Friends. Um, but where is this in New York? Like, oh, yeah. Coffee house. And what corners are these standing <laughs> on? Because there is like no ethnicity there and there's no diversity there so what this doesn't exist so from that standpoint that's the exact opposite it's like a sanitizing of the airwaves which mm. nobody notices that part but they notice the other part when when everybody's in these boxes and and if you if you um you know it's just stereotypes mm. enough with the stereotypes if you like you said if you just show us as we are then there's a lot more diversity. I think it just challenges people's um, preconceived notions, maybe. Yeah. And so it's hard for people to see the actual authentic human in front of you. At the end of the day, that's what we are. We're humankind. <laughs> yes. Not to hit home the kind. Everybody take a shot. I, I just think it's great because we're in a place now where we watch these older shows and movies and we can spot the issues. There's Big obviously time. still a lot of work to go. But it is nice that we can go back and say, wow, every single person on this show is a white male. Oh, yeah. oh, there's the wife, you know, and it's like. Or there's the one black person way in the back or off on the side. Yeah, in a stereotypical it, role. It's interesting is um, in making this TikTok compilation of my career. I, went, I saw it. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I watched an episode of Ally McBeal mm. where we have a woman playing a trans person. And I thought my, my daughter's going, is she really trans? And I was like, no, back then they wouldn't even have a trans person play a trans character. And, and she's like, really? Now she's 13. She can't even imagine that. But that was what was normal back yeah. then. And it was a, all the missed opportunities that people had to um, become part of the conversation, to be reflected in, with their representation that could have moved the conversation and the... Um, the 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 con the the consciousness forward mm. in America were kind of denied because nobody was comfortable with it yet. Mm. So, but my daughter is a perfect like little experiment. She's like, well, why why isn't it transfer? It just makes no sense to her. Yeah. But back then, that's what they, we did. She goes, "Are you sure she's?" Not? I go, "No, darling, she's not." <laughs> it's baffling. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, it's like you know, I've been doing this so long that. It was presumed that all characters for all the breakdowns were all white, unless specified. Mm. And it would just say open to ethnicities. 
you know, and like 40 roles, and then there'd be two that were open to ethnicities. And um, that that's, you know, they would slap bronzer on Catherine Zeta-Jones, and all of a sudden she's a Mexican in Zorro, mm. or, you know, Marissa Tomei and Angelica Houston and the Perez family. They mm. just made them a little brown, and they're, oh, they're Cuban. So, I mean, I've been doing this that long where even if you were Latinx, you didn't get a chance to read for that role that was written for a Latinx character. So it has been a long journey. <laughs> well, I'm glad you persisted and you are where you are because with love, like I said, it's such a wonderful show. It has everything. It has love. It has humor. It has sexiness. It has um, representation. And it just feels like, you know, the, the family that, you know, maybe because of COVID, we're all so separated from or we haven't seen. It just feels like this warm hug, like it's all going to be okay, you know? Mm. And that's a lot to say for a show, but it just makes you feel good. And the fact yeah. that every, every episode is a different holiday, well, who doesn't love that? I know that framing is so much fun. And I think yeah. it really allows for people to be invited in and see the culture in not a traditional televised way like we were talking about before because right. they're having these parties and it's like oh, i want to be in that family i want right. to take part in these traditions it's always a celebration for us yeah which is and so cool also get to see the evolution of the relationships from let's say new year's to valentine's and mm. then from valentine's to fourth of july you know and it gets to that you 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 see where the evolution is going and um the checking in that happens in a relationship. It's, it's really cool. It is really cool. Well, since it is Valentine's Day today, yes. I would just love to know when you're looking at working on the show, is there something you learned about love that you didn't know before? Do you think it taught you anything about love? I mean, your character, Beatrice, is kind of learning how to love herself where she is in mm -hmm. a lot of ways, mm -hmm. which I think is an awesome storyline. I think it, two things. The first one is, Oftentimes as humans, we try to protect other people from our truth as a way to, we think, keep the peace or maintain the relationship. And it ends up really kind of sending the wrong message and not being helpful at all and kind of blowing up. In particular, um, the relationship between um, Emrod Tobia's uh, character and myself, uh, when we, um, if we have one scene together and we are protecting each other from our authentic experience. And it is the saddest scene. She's trying to be brave for me and I'm trying to be brave for her. And we are two of the loneliest people in this family, but we don't have the courage to kind of like reach out. And if I did for her and didn't protect her, she would feel like, oh, then I can share my truth with you. And it, at the end, I do. Um, because, you know, push comes to shove at the end of the episode five. But that's like, we're helping nobody by pretending to be okay when we're not okay. Mm. It's just not helping. It's not helpful in love and in yeah. relation. The other part is that love in your 20s is so much different than in your 30s and then in your 50s and your 70s. And it's awesome. Each decade is fraught with its own version of things we have to deal with. And I love that one show shows all of that. It, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's like, we didn't, dis, we didn't hit 50 and disappear. We didn't hit 70 and disappear. It's like, mm. no, we're still there. We're represented. And love is love is love, no matter how old you are. Mm. 
And I learned, I, I learned that, that like you, it's nice to see the grandparents and how they navigate love. Yeah. And the fifties and the thirties, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's an interesting process. It's rich. It's real. And that complexity, I'm just so glad it didn't get filtered out because I mean, you know, Gloria is very powerful, but especially with new shows, when you're putting them on, they want you to put it in these boxes and this character's right. this, they can't be this too. So right. seeing all of that in all of its glory, like you said, is really beautiful. And it kind of segues into a question I had for you. Okay. The first part you mentioned, which is speaking your truth and having these difficult conversations, mm -hmm. which we encounter a lot on different sets. There's different personalities, you know, your work with PETA, Planned Parenthood, uh, Equal Pay for Women, which is such an amazing cause. Mm -hmm. The East Los Angeles Women's Center for Domestic Violence. Yes. yes. I mean, you're just a powerhouse. I think those things come with difficult conversations mm. and people can get really nervous and shut down and feel like they have to please or be nice, which I think is different than being kind. Mm. Do you have any advice for navigating the difficult conversations that come up in life? Um, you know, what's interesting is I realize that you can pretty much talk about anything as long as you are compassionate to how the person's going to hear it. And if you come from a point, which I guess is kindness, you know, yeah. articulate kindness, hmm. which is you may not agree with me and it may trigger lots of things in you, but this is my truth. And I'm going to say it uh, as it is with respect for myself and respect for you. And let's agree to disagree. I don't have to battle you to be truthful to myself. Hmm. And you don't have to battle me. Like I would, there's no point in being right or winning. It's just, we are. Yeah. And if you approach it from that point of view without projecting shame or blame or needing to battle somebody, it's so, you could say anything mm. as long as you give the dignity and respect to yourself and the other person. As a parent, I have to learn to listen and I have to learn to listen to myself. And we have this amazing thing. It's so ridiculous, but um, it's an eraser that's like this big. And it says for really big mistakes. Mm. And sometimes when, you know, I have parented in a way that I'm not okay with in the moment I was full and then, you know, I will grab the eraser and I will give it to my daughter. Oh. And she will do the same thing for me. And we'll just kind of like go over Oh. And it like do a little reboot because we come from a place of love, mm. you know, and mutual respect. Yeah. And I hope that being that kind of parent, she will in turn treat herself with respect, even when she makes mistakes. And then, you know, if she chooses to have children or her friends, that she can do the same with them. And mm. let's get rid of all of this shame, blame, it's so unnecessary and it's so yeah. futile and such a waste of time. It really is a waste of time and energy. And in this Instagram perfect world, I think that's such a beautiful lesson that you're instilling. I mean, I feel like you should teach a masterclass on, <laughs> you know, forgiving yourself and letting go of pride. Because just throughout this conversation, I feel like you've somehow really learned to let go of your pride and listen to other people like you were just saying with empathy, which is really lacking from society, I feel like in a lot of ways, at least with the political climate. I don't really get into politics on the podcast, but so many right. people just aren't listening to each other in the right. Facebook comments and 
whatever. Right. And I think we all want to get there. And maybe it's interesting. Do, yeah. I don't think of it as losing pride or letting go of pride because I am very proud of me and who I am and what I think. It's ego mm. more than pride. Like yeah. I'm more important than you. That that to me is because there's pride in your work, pride in your evolution, pride in what you have accomplished as a human. That yeah. is an important, that's kind of self-love to me. And that's giving respect to yourself. But totally. the ego of I need to impose my will on you, yeah. if we could just let that go. I had a discussion with my friend and it's topical, so you can choose to edit it out if you want. <laughs> is um he was not interested in getting his vaccine. And I said, you know, I listened and say, I think a lot of people don't listen. They listen yeah. with the intent to speak and to change people's minds. Yes, and exactly. I listened and, you know, he asked a couple questions and I gave answers to those things. And I said, well, you know what? I a hundred percent respect, you know, that this is your choice. Um, I support your decision for yourself. Um, that said, I'm not comfortable being in the same space or, you know, doing whatever it is that we were going to do. Um, I, it's just too risky for me and what I've got going on in my life. Yeah. And both those 100% valid experiences existed without needing to blame or shame each other. Mm. Um, and I will share that, continue, that after that, you know, it was like, okay, go about your life. A couple of days later, he's like, you know what? I think I am going to get vaccinated. <laughs> he just yeah. sat in it with his mind. I didn't try to beat it into him. Mm. Um, and he actually did. Yeah. So I, I feel like if we could, you know, that doesn't always work in this no. climate right now. Everybody's in their own bubble that reinforces their opinions. And um, I, I try to hang in there with people. and. Yeah not vilify them because I don't agree with them. I mean, in my own private, I'm like, I'm you to believe, you know, but yeah. human to human. Yes. They have their own experience. They have their own reasons why I don't know their life. So maybe eventually they'll get there. Maybe they won't. Um, and, but I have to protect myself without vilifying them. Mm. So. That's a really, really beautiful tool. And I hope people learn a lot from that. You just reversed my mindset too, because I was thinking more of the pride of being wrong and, and not making a mistake. Because mm. I agree, pride is really important. Mm. It's, it's just important to not harp in the quote unquote perfection of life because right. that's not real life. Right. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I do have a surprise game. If you're okay. down to play, it's really quick. Okay. I promise it's really easy. It's not even much of a game. It's called the compliment game because I haven't given you enough compliments already. Everyone is beautiful in their own way. It's the compliment game on the okay. okay. It's the compliment. Compliment, compliment. compliment. game. Bump. <laughs> I don't know that my bad self-esteem could take it, but I'll try. Oh, no. Well, let it fill you up. Basically, don't worry. It's not coming from me again. I reached out to someone in your life for a statement about what they love most about you or just something they admire about you. I'm going to read it to you, and then you have to guess who said it. Okay. If you want, I can give you three guesses, and then we'll say like five yes or no questions. Okay. I don't even know what I know, but people get weird if there's no rules, so those are the, the rules. 
and I'll read it to you and then we'll do it. I instantly forget them, but it's okay. Oh, it's all good. It doesn't even matter. I feel like you might get this one. It's, it's, there's some hints. Okay. All right. So when you're ready, I'll read it to you. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Constance Marie is an icon. She has starred in so many movies and TV shows that have left indelible marks on culture. And yet when you meet her, she is so human, so warm, so kind, so disarming, so much so that you almost forget what a significant talent and beauty she is because you immediately feel so at home in her company. May all icons be as down to earth as Constance Marie. Oh my God. Um, is, do you give me hints now? Is this I, can give, I can give you a hint. This is someone on your show with love. Male or female? Female. Gloria. Yes. <laughs> ah! It was so well put together. But um, I was like, it had to be Glow. It had to be Glow. She's such an amazing writer. Oh, she's such an incredible talent. And she got back right away. We connected through a wonderful nonprofit, Women in Entertainment, which she's spoken at. And I'm happy to connect you with them, too, because I think you're amazing. And they do these wonderful summits every year. I would love to do that. I'll connect you with their team. I do a lot of work for them. And they're so wonderful. And she got back right away. And she sent it. And she was so excited and loves you. So thank you, Gloria. That's how Glow is. Glow is, she's the embodiment, a kind of what we're all trying to do, that she's a powerhouse. And, you know, of course, she's a woman. Some people would say, you know, oh, she's pushy or whatever, where it's, you know, if a man, if it was a man, exec showrunner, she, oh, he's so determined and he, he make, gets mm. things done and you're like, okay, fine. But, yeah. um, but she also has so much compassion, like the fact that she, you know, is running several shows, you know, we've got uh, development with Amazon, five of them, I believe, yeah. and we'll take the time to say something positive and, and well thought out and sweet for this. Yeah. You know, and um, if, if, if she has, you know, if I have a question, I just text her, you know, there's no like weird posturing hierarchy. And I really think she kind of embodies what she said about me. You know, you kind of forget that she's got five shows in development and Amazon and she's fighting the battles constantly for editing and music and, 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 and filming. She's also in the show. <laughs> oh, know? she's so fun in the show. Yeah. And writing. Um, you know, and she still takes the time out for kindness and, and input. So she embodies that as well. I love that. Yeah, there should always be time for kindness. And I, what I've realized too is, you know, the more quote unquote successful and iconic people that I've gotten to meet or work with or interview, usually the nicer and more down to earth they are and the kinder mm -hmm. they are. And mm -hmm. that's why they work so long. And I'm guessing it's the same for you because nobody wants to work with somebody that doesn't have time for kindness. Yeah. So it's or nice to hear that respect. about her. You know, at least at the bare minimum. Yeah, at least. Well, that, you know, that to me is kindness. So I, I totally agree. Mm. Just to end our time together, I would love if you could leave us with a brief kindness tip or sort of tangible tip that you think our listeners can incorporate into their day. Gosh. Well, one of the things that I think startles people when I, when I do it is um, I try to meet people where they are, just human to human. Mm. So. When I take that moment and say thank you to someone who did something that they do to people, you know, a hundred times a day, and I look them in the eye and say thank you, they 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 are taken aback that there was I took one second to acknowledge their efforts, hmm. and you see them kind of fill up a little bit, like wow somebody sees me. I think that is really important for all of us 
It's about energy. Yeah. And um, because we can't see each other's faces because of the masks, mm -hmm. I can still say thank you. They can hear my words. And that would be my smile to them. And uh, it, it just, I don't know. It, I feel like we're all human and we're all on this path. And just to take a moment to be seen just with a thank you helps yeah. a lot. I love that. It is such a chain reaction. And I know when people smile at me on the street or say hello, it makes my day all the more better. So mm -hmm. I really like that, especially when you're at the supermarket or somewhere where people mm -hmm. are working really hard in these jobs that are crazier than ever. Just to take that moment right. is wonderful and everyone should do it. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Yes, of course. Thank you. <laughs> no, and thank you for all your time today and all these wonderful stories and this banquet of information you've given us. I am just so fortunate to be in a time in a world where we have someone like you in the entertainment industry to look up to. And I can't wait to see everything else you accomplish. So thank you. Thank you. And, and, and I will take that in. Take it but in. I also have to give it back to you. Oh. Because having a podcast dedicated to kindness is something that we desperately need right now. And the fact that you exist and that you're trying to do this, especially at this time in the world and society, is just, you're an amazing antidote to despair. So oh. thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Ooh, positive energy out there. And now it's time for your kindness tip of the week. As a kid in middle school, I always looked forward to Valentine's Day because we'd all bring in treats for each other and let's be real, I was always hungry for some sugar. We'd tape bags to our desks and then go around the room and drop a little card or treat into each person's little brown bag. While sharing love notes is certainly one of the most special things about Valentine's Day, my kindness tip for you is to continue this all year long. Write a love note, or a text is fine too, to someone who you think could use some extra lovin'. Write what you admire about them or appreciate about them just because. Challenge yourself to do this once a month, or better yet, once a week. As Joanna Garcia Swisher so beautifully said in the first episode of this season, simply telling people you love them is one of the biggest ways to spread kindness and joy. That said, I love you, and we'll be back with a new episode next Monday. Until then, remember, everything's gonna be a-okay. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise. 
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.